Blog Talk Radio. People. Man, what I was over here getting my groove on. I was over here getting my groove on. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, everybody. Also, I'm, I'm gonna let that song play all the way through um, at the end, and we all gonna get our get our simultaneous groove on. And everybody who's listening, I hope you get your your groove on with us. Greetings, blue people. Welcome to the blue clerk. We are all about spiritual expression. Which we're having a little spiritual expression right now. Um, it's all about truth, openly in discussing our authenticity, our journey to authenticity. So welcome to the show. Any new listeners, just so you know, we're very open and honest, and you never really know what you're going to hear. Um, we kind of cover everything and kind of really go in, into the nitty-gritty. So hopefully that's why you're here. If you are a returning listener, thank you for listening, and please feel free to call in. The number is 347-215-8639. If you don't want to call in, but you want to send us a message, we are always available um, via email at blueclick at gmail.com, and that is B-L-U-E-C-L-I-Q-U-E at gmail.com. I will also open the chat room if you want to chat. You can send us a message that way, but please feel free to call in. I am joined today by, I'm Nikki, and I'm joined today by Sean. Say hi, Sean. You make me feel. Hello. 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 <laughs> and, and Aaron. Good Say evening. Hi, Aaron. <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> you. Yep, and um, Sean's a little out of control. There's some very interesting, and I know we always have interesting energy on the show, but there's some very interesting energy. Anybody who is familiar on our Facebook, we have a Facebook group. It's not a fan page. It's a group. We want to kind of 
make sure that space is fairly small and contained. Um, but you're welcome to look on or join us on Facebook. We really have very interesting conversations. If you just go to the Facebook search and put in blue click, we have some very interesting conversations today. And we are going to have some very interesting conversations today on the show. We are all we're going to talk about um, you know what being gay is very interesting. Being black is very interesting. But being black and gay adds extra elements to um, identity and existence, and we're going to talk about exactly what that is, what it means, what it doesn't mean, um, you know, all aspects or anything anybody wants to talk about. Um, that's what we're going to talk about today. So, um, you know, first I just want to, we're going to start out with sexuality on a whole. You know, some people tend to think that sexuality is black and white. You're either gay or you're straight, but of course that's not true. Or if you're bi, you're just confused. You can't be by either like one or the other. Um, but, you know, it's been proven, and there's a lot of people out there that will tell you there's lots of shades of gray in between. Um, there was even a study, Dr. Kinsey did a study in the 40s, I think it is. You can correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong about that. Um, about He had a scale, I think it was from one to six, and one was being I absolutely am only attracted to the opposite sex would not um, even think about being with the same-sex partner. And then six would be, I'm absolutely only interested in the same sex and would never think about being with the opposite-sex partner. And then, of course, you've got that in-between where people um, have their, their sexuality is, is displayed um, and their um, orientation is, is different and is in different, um, is in that grace area in between that people tend to not think that it is. So the label of gay or straight is only a very small percentage of the population because there are lots of people in between that. But we want to, you know, as as human beings, we always want to put people in a box so that we know how to, if we label them, we automatically want to see what our comfort level is with them and what we can get from them, basically. So we automatically want to put somebody in a category, and you can't put gray in a category as well as you can black and white. So that's why we tend to ignore all the gray people in between. But, of course, it's all relevant, and it's all worth exploring, and it's all worth talking about. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Okay, does anybody want to add to that before we go on to um, what's next? Absolutely. I would just like to say that people need to be very cautious of mistaking a label for a definition. All labels ever are indicators. They don't explain anything. They just give you a general idea, but you can't apply a general idea to a very specific thing. So beware of trying to define something very specific through attaching a very general idea to it. Right. There are no absolutes. So as soon as something mm -hmm. is an absolute, your your alarm should go off because there are no absolutes. Mm -hmm. There is not going to be, you know, a definite anything mm -hmm. because we vary so much, human beings. So, absolutely. Um, you know, that's that's the first time of being a little suspicious if somebody says, you know, it's it's there's a definite or an absolute. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, I want to specifically, you know, the show was called, you, you know, being black and gay. Um. And I know in the in I'll kind of tell you about my 
um, experience as I'm, I'm not gay, but I'm a black person, and I have my, um, you know, lots of, in my family, we probably have, as I, as I know, um, based off of other people that I know and have seen, have um, a larger percentage of gay people in my family than most people that I know. So I've grown up with it and been around it, and, and you know, it's just pe- the people are just people to me. Um, but there are very specific things about being black and gay because, um, you know, there's so much oppression and I grew up in an area where there aren't very many. I live in a in, in Colorado where, and I grew up here where it was only, I think the whole state was only four percent black, and then the city that I lived in was you know ten percent. So the identity of being black held its own issues, and then being gay in that holds its own issues because not only do you have to worry about discrimination from others, you have to worry about discrimination from your own people and your own family. So therefore, it creates a lot of dynamics of people not wanting or even learning or feeling comfortable with being who they are or being themselves and having to create this different identity and what that means to the individual, to the family, um, trust issues within the family, people being able to openly talk about things and discuss things, and it creates all these secrets and shame within the family, um, which, of course, leads to a breakdown on many levels because people don't feel, they carry shame and they don't feel that they have self-value or self-worth. They can't talk to anyone, and then everybody pretends like they don't see the elephant in the room. This is what kind of I experienced in my family. We all kind of walk around and we can get together and smile and have fun and nobody ever talks about issues because talking about issues means that I'm actually going to have to expose something about myself. And so as long as I keep everything on the surface and I never talk about anything, nobody's going to ask me to reveal anything about myself. So that leads to more secrets and more shame. And then on top of that, um, the other sanctuary that you should have, which is church, is also telling you that, you know, there's something wrong with you and you're bad and um, you're a sinner and God doesn't like you and so you have to carry that too. So all of the weight of growing up, um, you know, feeling like you have, you're discriminated against because of your race and color and then you're discriminated against on many levels within people who are you're supposed to be able to trust and who are supposed to love you no matter what. And God who created you doesn't love you because of something that you can't control, but everyone's telling you you need to control it. It creates a lot of dynamics of um, layered shame, which, of course, is, you know, the lowest shame is the lowest vibration. Um and, you know, it's, it's very difficult for someone to climb out of at that level when people who are supposed to care for you and love you don't accept you for who you are. Um, so, either you guys have any comments about that? Sean? Um, 
looking on the yeah, outside of looking at look look looking at it from you know mm-hmm. from a social perspective. Can you hear me? Yes. Hello? Okay. It's it's interesting, you know, the two phenomena, it's like a compound phenomena being black and gay, just from my observation, because, you know, us being in in in, in this particular social environment, being black means a struggle for identity first and foremost. You know what I mean? We're being that that our past is. Hello. Hello. Mhm. Hello. Can you hear me? We're all still here. Yeah. Okay. There's just some problem now in the whole queue. Like you couldn't hear me before. Can you hear me now? I hear you. Oh, okay. Um, it, it, it's like a compound phenomenon because you know, being black, you're already automatically struggling for identity. You know, being our history right. what it what it is in terms of how we got here, how many of us, not all of us, I can't say all of us got here on slave ships or all of our ancestors came on slave ships. That's another lie. Some of us were already here. Right. Of, but even if you weren't right. exactly. But even if you weren't, they gonna make you think that you did. They're gonna make you think that you came exactly. on slave ships. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So right. that creates a phenomenon where you're struggling to form with you're struggling for identity. You know what I'm saying? And then when you align yourself with a phenomenon that is not accepted in the religion, in the eyes due to religion and all the other things that were kind of thrown on our back, it creates a double phenomenon in my estimation. You know what I'm saying? Black and gay is like a compound thing from a social perspective. You know? Especially the way that we already look at ourselves. We already view one another and view how we mm-hmm. view blackness through the lenses that we were forced to view it through. And then you compound that with a phenomenon that is, you know, anti, which is a sinful phenomenon, you know what I'm saying, which is something that is shunned, shunned on by God. Mm-hmm. You're like a double pariah, mm-hmm. you know. Right. It's interesting to watch yeah. how that phenomenon unfolds with, with, with us as black people. It is, and it's almost like we all we have in, in you know with the you know light skin dark skin thing or anything right. that we can right. we can use to point <laughs> point the spotlight on somebody else. Um, it's almost like homosexuality is the latest witch hunt. I can pick on them, yep. and yep. they won't you know they won't look at me, so yep. I don't have to worry about you know being the one who's scrutinized. Um, right. Let's point that towards someone else. But so who's who's the safe person to hate at this point? So you know, one one time it's you know light skin against dark skin, or you know educated against uneducated, or you good know hair, bad, be, yeah. good hair, bad <laughs> hair, be, northern <laughs> southerners, right? Exactly. Ghetto. So it's always right. yeah, yep. exactly. in the ghetto. So it's always something. This is almost like this is just the, it's the latest thing to. This is the latest witch hunt. This is the thing that's going to separate me so that I can be looked at as at least I'm not that, at least I'm not them, so I must be okay, and therefore you don't have to work on yourself. So there's always some kind of division. Right. Um, but you're right. There's always We're always looking at, um, you know, what is our, our identity. So, you know, it's interesting, you know, I don't, what's the bigger identity? Or what is the, 
or is there an identity between, you know, being black or being, what's the bigger identity? Is it being, you know, being black carries its own specific issues, being gay carries its own specific issues, the combination of them carry issues, but which one is the bigger identifier? Is it the one that's most visible or the one that you you feel more comfortable with or um, is it neither or is it both? Right. Here, do you want to answer that? Sure. Well, I mean, it's all a question of which one you take the most seriously. And that mm-hmm. said, I don't think you should take either one seriously. Right. You know, you, you want to mm-hmm. look at the circumstances and and the the um, the images the brush the brush strokes that compose the being that is you and uh and look at it as as a blend of 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 all of those things there are pieces of who you are but they're not what you are entirely and a lot of people mm-hmm. get caught up in the labels that they forget that they're all of those things, and then at the same time, it's it's a synergistic thing. You're you're both at the same time, and more, and at the same time, neither, and even more than that. It really is just a question of what you're letting dominate your thoughts and what you're taking so seriously. Right. Right. Mhm. I think it's all right. a big creative distraction. It's all a big creation. Like, <laughs> right. like you create the divide and conquer, and then you create subsets, and you create subsets of the subsets right. of the subsets of the subsets. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just further division and right. further distraction. Keep you distracted on the real purpose and the real goal. You know, keep you distracted from mm-hmm. the putting all of that shit down and accepting you for what you are. First and right. foremost, it's not human at all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Once right. you buy into the idea that you're human, then you start t- putting on all the other garments that come along with being human. You're lost in terms of your true identity, you know. And as many uh, 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 things that we align ourselves with, as many divisive ideas that we, you, that you align yourself with, the further you get away from who you are. And that's just by design, man. Absolutely. It is. And which makes me think of, you know, just kind of our our whole conversation today with energy and how things are created to steer your energy in a different direction. Um, Right. And there are so many people right now who are comparing the civil rights movement to the 60s to the civil rights movement of today, which has to do with uh, marriage equality. Um, Mm -hmm. Are the two the same? Do we compare the two? Do we not compare the two? What do you guys think about that? I'll go. Um, Okay. Okay. There are parallels because what you are witnessing are a group of people who are basically asking permission to be granted full human status, to be entitled to the same liberties that the average human is. So in that sense, you have gay people applying for the full status that comes with marriage and the the protection under the law that is that that is granted to heterosexual persons who get married, just like you had black people who are asking to get full human status and be treated as an equal in in the eyes of government. So they are they are the same at the base, but they're just two different expressions mm-hmm. of the same thing. 
Okay. And different history. I remember this was years ago. Um, I had a friend who was Caucasian, a lesbian, and she we were talking about marriage equality and she had said something about um you know, somebody who had said something to her about or something that we were looking at, somebody had said something to her about her shouldn't she shouldn't have the right to get married or whatever because it's not marriage. And this woman was black who had, who had said something, and she had said, well, you know, 50 years ago it would have been illegal because who was married to a white man? 50 years ago it would have been illegal for you to get married and compare the whole thing to the civil rights movement, which I at that time was like, it's so not the same thing. Because I'm looking at the entire history and everything that, you know, slavery and torture and everything that black people went through to be considered a human being. Um, And then up into the 60s where, you know, segregation and how they were still trying to keep us, you know, separate and apart but not equal and still not letting Mm -hmm. us do our own thing and prosper. so at that, I could see both sides. I could see, yes, that it's true. But I could also see from, you know, her, for her, and I think it was mainly because it came from her. She was, you know, white and privileged and, you know, grew mm-hmm. up in Montana and never came in contact with any black people except for the ones that she came on TV. But she's on mm-hmm. TV and just came to Denver. So for her to say that, I was like, you have no idea what you're talking about. And I was all almost um, at that time. I was just, I wouldn't be offended now, but I've, I'm, you know, have made some some. I've evolved a lot since then, but I remember being very offended, like that's not so not the same thing because all of the hurt and the pain that is connected to black people even being able to call themselves human for mm-hmm. her to compare. Um, herself to the what the civil rights movement is, it just to me it was like, can you even can you even compare the two? But I I, I understand what you're saying about full human status. Um, I can totally see that. And what they're asking for and the basis that most people are given it has to do with religion. When it has nothing to do with religion, it's a it's a contract with the state, which has absolutely nothing to do with religion. So I don't understand why anyone would even mix up the two. But it's a way of holding somebody else down. Why would you right. be cruel to or attack someone that has no in what they are asking for has no way of harming you in any way? It's only a way to cover up something that they are uncomfortable with within themselves. Mm-hmm. So the only reason there is a slight, I have a slightly different plan on the whole on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Just okay. from just from just from an energetic standpoint, when mm-hmm. you go to someone to ask them for legitimacy, do you really feel legitimate? When you have to because you have to, court, to recognize me, recognize me, mm-hmm. recognize me. Are you not legitimate until they recognize? I mean, I understand the legal ramifications in terms of of, of the benefits that that come along with it, you know, from the logistics standpoint. But the the component of having to ask what you deem a higher entity or a higher court or you know the the tail wagging the dog for permission Mm -hmm. to be what you are Mm -hmm. blows my mind in the first place. 
the fact that you got to make time you gotta go to, ask out, anyway. to say, you know, yeah, please validate me. When you stamp this piece of paper, that makes me what I already think that I am. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Where's the fucking power in that? Where's the power in people saying, look, this is what I am. Boom, deal with it. You know what I'm saying? It's placing yourself beneath an authority that really has no authority other than the authority that right, we give yeah. it as a collective to then turn around and say, touch you with their miter and say, yes, you are knighted, you are this, you are that. And that's the mindset that we we go beg at the table of this authority to grant us legitimacy. What the fuck is legitimacy? Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Right. What is legitimacy? Mm-hmm. Are you then legitimate because they say you're legitimate? So are you delegitimized because they say you're not? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Where's the power mm-hmm. in us saying, this is what the mm-hmm. fuck I am and this is how I'm going to be it? Deal with it. You make the laws that conform to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to conform to you. Mm-hmm. I can't conform to your laws. This is what the, the laws are here supposedly for me. You work supposedly for me. Mm-hmm. Why do I have to come and ask right. you for permission to be what I am? I never, I never really got that. And, I'm mm-hmm. and see, that's my, that's my big issue with with civil rights of any kind being this platform on which right. people should vote, you shouldn't right. vote on who is more human than the other. Right. It, right. it should right. be a non-issue. And and specifically mm-hmm. with gay marriage, I think it needs to be made even more clear than it has that this is purely about the legalities of it. Beyond that, that's and just subjective. Right. I, I can't make you mm-hmm. think of my kind of relationship as, Valid or invalid, that's your personal thought process. It's it's a conclusion that you come to. What this argument is about is is your spouse being provided for, say, if you die uh, in an untimely fashion, if you're sick in the hospital, if your spouse can can visit you, be able to to give Mm -hmm. your spouse benefits, it's that kind of thing. This is not a religious issue. This is not a spiritual issue. It's a legal issue, and that's why states are now passing it, because they realize that beyond, there is no argument against a civil right. Mm -hmm. In the law, mm-hmm. it should be a non-issue. If this is a country right. where all men are created equal, then then it should be it should be a no-brainer. And that is where there is a big difference between the Black Civil Rights Movement and the Gay Rights Movement. As we kind of talked about before, the Black people were not human; they were livestock essentially, mm-hmm. and, and the right. Black people had to go from being livestock to being humans, whereas with gay people, we are humans. It's just more of being a second-class human when we should all be created equal and thus be entitled to equal protections under the law. Right. And and it makes me think about, you know, just from a spiritual standpoint, um, and the, the things that people fight against the most are the things that they fear the most because those mm-hmm. are the things that I have the most power So it makes me think about just how hard and how hard um, society continues to try to make black people think that they're not equal and they're not smart and they're not powerful and we're still, you know, begging for permission to be included in society in many ways Um, and having that same discrimination against um, or that same energy now against these 
legitimizing or not legitimizing um, the gay population, it's that same fear. It's the same energetic fear that they're afraid of the power that if if these if this group of people does realize its power, which I think is spiritual power, then they if we don't continue to push them down and dehumanize them and keep them low vibrating based off of shame and um, not being valued, um, there's a reason why they're doing that because there's power that comes with. Um, you know, I think that even people who have had to have opportunities to gain awareness and, you know, when you're growing up in a culture that people make you question who you are and makes you look closer at who you are and so you gain more self-awareness. And so because you have more self-awareness, you have more, um, you know, you have more connection to your God power and right. therefore right. you are more powerful. Right. So right. if you if you and are black exactly and you're gay and so you've had to have self awareness being black and had to figure out your identity and then you've had to have self awareness being gay and having to find out what your self awareness through that, you are a powerful, powerful being. And they know that and they feel that and they have to work extremely hard in my day, I mean those the powers that be that are controlling all of this are putting all that stuff out there to keep the energy um, of this keep pushing down on preventing equality because they know once you have it and you realize that power, there's no stopping you. And so well, I think the people who they are afraid of the most are the ones that have the most power. Oh, yeah, because the game from realizing your power. The game is the game is simple. Keep it contained. Keep it contained. Even mm-hmm. it's even in the argument. It's even coded in the argument. If we let them start getting married, and then people will start marrying sheep, and people will start doing this, and people right. will start. It's coded in the argument. When we let people start being themselves, in other words, change the words. <laughs> if we start letting people do what they want to do, they'll do what they right. want. They'll just lose. They'll be What else can I trust? 
And then right. you start doubting the whole system, and the wall comes and tumbling down. Start coming down. Exactly. Yes, there it is. Exactly. It has nothing to do with religion and God says this and Sodom and Gomorrah and all of that. Right. You know, you still have a, a, a segment of society that are Neanderthal and they're thinking that really believe that bullshit. You know what I mean? And then you have mm-hmm. those who really know exactly what's going on and why this isn't a widely accepted phenomenon. Because, again, once you, once you take shackles off of that and allow people to start expressing themselves in a free mm-hmm. and open fashion, you, you're asking mm-hmm. for shit if you're trying to be the one that's containing everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So gays are the gateway. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The gateway. The last straw that's going to have the wall from tumbling down. That's what they're yeah. afraid of. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Because yep. one of the one of the biggest one of the biggest controlling factors is people's need to be accepted. You know yes. what I mean? What, yes. what they in this society represent is somebody who no longer is controlled by what other people think to the degree that they're not able to express themselves freely. That's scary mm-hmm. to people. Right. And, and it's the freedom. It's the freedom. It's that freedom right. that I don't right. I can't control you because Right. You don't have. I don't. Can't have the same hold on someone who has had the opportunity to be be rejected by everything that I hold everybody else to the standard to. Yet you're still free. Yet mm-hmm. you still don't care. What else do I have? So there is. That's that's the only power that they have. The only power. That's it. And that's it. It's like we were talking about that's earlier, it. you know, teaching you to ride a bike but never quite removing the training wheels. It's because the, the teacher or, or rather the person who is in control knows that the student or the person who is being controlled has more power than the teacher ever had. And if, if, and if they awaken that student to its full power, then the teacher will be rendered obsolete. Obsolete. Exactly. But the reality of the situation is you were always obsolete. You, um, there, yep. Right. You were just hoping that no one would catch you in your little charade. <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And, that's, exactly. and that's what people need to understand when they're mm-hmm. – Right. And that's what people need to understand when they're pushed to the margins of society or when they're classified as minorities. It's because there is power the in power that minority – yeah. And and yeah. that power is a threat to those in power. You know, I I, I think about the blacks in America, specifically those who were forced into slavery. You know, it is because mm-hmm. it is because the black person was so physically and mentally strong that it would be mm-hmm. able to endure that type mm-hmm. of condition. You know, the the, mm-hmm. the Spanish did try to enslave Native Americans and they, they couldn't physically handle mm-hmm. the demands of, right. of what that meant, but the black person could. And not only could the black person mm-hmm. endure, the black person could persevere. And in 150 very short years, which is only two complete lifetimes, the, the, the black person mm-hmm. has gone from what we talked about before, the slave, the livestock, to, well, to the seat of the United States, the, the presidency. So it's just it's a small peer into the the capability and the power 
that is inside of, of that person. But people right. people are so busy trying to hold themselves to a standard that doesn't include them that they're not even able to see the power that is in them. That is that is that exactly. is, is a part of their their physical incarnation. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. 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 And, and, and people would with... do really well to start looking at whose standard they're being held to. Yep. Yes. You said it. Yes. You said it. You said it. Right. And all of the energy that they're putting towards trying to live up to the standard when it's basically, you know, anti everything that you are, which you're, right. of course you're never going to reach it. But within trying to reach it, you're ignoring the very thing that is going to give you the power that you seek. Right. Um, you're mitigating your power. You're giving. You're surrendering your power. Mm-hmm. Right. Surrendering, surrendering your, your power to be um, recessive. <laughs> <laughs> You're giving away all of your dominance to be recessive. Yeah. Even if you think about, you know, what, what Aaron was saying about, you know, we, we the reason why we were we were enslaved is because of our strength. And those that are our descendants from slaves, just think about the strength that you have inherited because you are here, because the strongest of the strong are the ones that survived for you to be here. Just mm-hmm. to, to feel that and to realize how powerful you are just from that, mm-hmm. how can you not walk around with, you know, 10 feet tall? How can you not walk around 10 feet tall knowing where you came from? Instead right. of trying to erase everything that you are. You know why? You know why? And deny you know why? everything that that is. You know how you can't do, why, why it's possible to do that? Because they got you playing checkers and you should be playing chess. Okay. All right. Yep. You know? Mm-hmm. You should be playing chess, but right. you're using checker rules. You're, you're, you're trying to play checkers. We don't play checkers. We don't, and as long as they got right. you on a checkerboard, you're not on mm-hmm. that 64 square chessboard. You know, and that's, and, and that's the real game. That's, that's it. the real game. That's the real game. So as long yep, as they got you, you know, thinking you're a duck and you're really a swan, then you just you're trying to fit a duck, swan swan posture into a duck mentality. And right. It doesn't work. You're always going to go. Mm-hmm. You're always. Gonna. It's like that story with the the story with the chicken and the eagle. You guys know that right. story? No. It's yeah, uh, yeah. there was this eagle that somebody planted a there was a, a some, ch- some chicken eggs and somehow an eagle egg got in with chicken. So the eagle they all hatched and of course the eagle looked like an eagle. He looked different, but everybody kind of treated him the same. But they knew he was different. Mm-hmm. But they kept grouping him with chickens and saying, you know, you're you're a chicken, and so we're gonna go out and look for bugs. And you know, chickens don't fly, so you can't fly. Don't try to use your wings and. When the chicken hawks come, run in the in the um, chicken coop so that they don't get you. And so one day a eagle came and he was chasing the chickens and everybody ran in and the the eagle, the baby eagle, because he was too big, didn't really fit as well because he was growing bigger than the rest of the chickens. And the and the the eagle says, "Do you realize what you are?" And he's like, don't eat me, don't eat me, I'm just, I'm a chicken, I'm a chicken. And he's like, no, you're not. So eventually he runs away. And so the next time the cop comes, 
he blocks the door so that he can't run away. And he says, and he he basically tries to show him, look who you are. You're an eagle. Spread your wings. You can fly. You don't have to eat bugs on the ground. You don't have to stay here. You can fly. And because he wanted to be accepted by the chickens, and the chickens wanted to convince him, no, you're a chicken just like the rest of us, they never told him or released him and said, no, you are really an eagle. You should go and be an eagle because they were more comfortable, they were insecure, and then they were more comfortable with him just being a chicken. So he lived his life as a chicken instead of realizing that he was this, you know, mighty eagle and he could have flew away at any time. Um, that's what we are. <laughs> we are so convinced that we need to, again, whose standards are you? He's trying to live up to the standards of, and that story, if you look up the story, and anybody who's listening, um, it's much better if you get the actual story. I was kind of um, trying to find it. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, it's, the story is much better than what I'm telling it. Um, but um, it's a good story. But basically, again, whose standards are you trying to live up to? As long as he was living right. up to the chicken standards, all he was is, I'm just going to flap my wings, but I don't believe I can fly, so I'm not going to fly. Although... I have every, you know, indication to believe if I spread my wings, I could fly. But I'm not going to because the chickens told me I couldn't fly. I'm going to just be a chicken instead of following my natural instincts and flying off and being an eagle. Um, that's us. We'd rather be chickens because um, that's who we have been told we're supposed to be. That's the standard. You're supposed to be as chicken-like as possible instead of being an eagle. Right. Right. In the um, name, so in turn, we we tend to push down a lot of our, you know, we ignore our instincts and our natural ability, and you know the the real power in embracing our, you know, beauty and our physicality and everything that comes along with us that is part of our power. We reject that because it's not quote unquote the standard that we were told we're supposed to live up to. So those things that make us Unique. We reject. Mm-hmm. I have a question, Aaron. Yes. In your estimation, now mm-hmm. I mean, just because you're gay doesn't mean you're the foremost authority on gays. But then again, you <laughs> might. You obviously know more than I do. Is everybody that's professing to be gay? Born that way, or do some adapt it as a lifestyle later on in life, in your estimation? That's a loaded question. And all I can say is I'd like to believe that for most people, it, the answer would be uh, that it is, it is something that is natural. It's something that is just who you were, and you uncover that piece of yourself either very, very early or later on in life. Uh, but there are people who, of course, cling to to an idea, and so they they modify themselves to meet that idea. But for every for every person who modifies themselves to to fit an idea of gay and and chooses it, there's a straight person who does the same thing. It's it's all a question mm-hmm. of of the conditions that brought you to that point. Of course, there are people who who cling to the representation of it. 
but uh, but I would I, I I believe that it's fewer and and uh, farther between than than um, than the people who are just born that way. But that said, you know, heterosexual and homosexual are just sexual orientations, meaning who you have a preference to get busy with in the bedroom, you know. Beyond that, uh, you get into culture. And culture and and the way you act and everything that goes into that, that's, that's all drag. That's all made up. So if you're very effeminate, mm-hmm. whatever that is, that's, that's the, the product of choices that you've made. And if you're super, uh, super, did I say masculine? I just lost my train of thought. Mm-hmm. Feminine, feminine and masculine. Feminine. Yeah, mm-hmm. feminine. Okay, mm-hmm. if you're super masculine, then it's also, once again, just a, a byproduct of choices that you've made. Some things feel more natural than others, and some people put on airs uh, to, to, to be perceived as a certain way. So beyond just who you are, sexually mm-hmm. attracted to and who you would like to to maybe make a potential partner, that's all just choice. It's all drag. It's all acting. Mm-hmm. Right. So do you really think, like, there? of course there are masculine men and feminine men and masculine women and feminine men, women. So you think that that's more of a choice than kind of what they are? I mean, gay or straight, there are masculine women who are, um, you know, straight and gay. And then, you know, vice versa. There are feminine men who are straight. And, you know, just because a man is feminine doesn't mean that he's he's gay. But do you think that – so you're saying that, that that is a choice, whether someone is effeminate or not, is not who they are, but that's a choice? I guess – yeah, what I'm saying is natural and unnatural are the same thing. Um, it's just a question of how conscious you are of those choices. And once again, mm-hmm. what feels right for you? You know, if if, if it feels right for you, um, if, it's, if it's effortless, if it's just authentically mm-hmm. coming out of you, then that would be a more authentic choice that was made, something that, that is natural. Um, whereas if you are putting on airs or if you're trying to modify yourself to better fit into a category or a okay. label, that would be more of an unnatural That's where the choice, choice comes in. Right, okay. Right. That's where the choice comes in. Not necessarily this person is effeminate by choice. Say, right. If they are choosing to be more feminine or more masculine to fit into a certain culture. Category right. culture, right. Okay. Right. Okay. Thanks, I got you. Aaron. That was beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. Beautiful. Okay. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. I got you. I Aaron, got I you. Which job. is interesting you know because you know what? Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> I have a job for Aaron. You might want to consider doing this because sometimes, like even on Facebook, you'll say something exactly the way that I wanted to. You should have like you should mm-hmm. start a company where people send you their ideas and you formulate them and send it back. Mm-hmm. So hey, how can I, I say that so that it makes... Like a Facebook <laughs> underwriter or a ghostwriter. <laughs> I mean, you have a way... You have a way... You do of have a way of explaining things. Yeah, making them so this, succinct and... Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes it very yeah. clear. Makes it very clear. Hey, I'm about to head to the boardroom. I, I gotta, the wheels are turning. Good, I need yeah. to create something. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, thank there you. you. Go. Create something out of nothing. Create something. That's what most companies come about. Hey, you know? that's it. People That's it. Exactly. It's all just you know, born out of an idea. Everything. Everything's born out of an idea. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. We just planted the seed. 
Clinic to see mm-hmm. ideas out there. Right. I thought about that shit many times. There's a lot of stuff where I'm like, man, I better find mm-hmm. kids to Aaron. He can put them in Well, I've heard people like, um, <laughs> Like I was at I was at church this time, one time and this lady was talking about which we don't we'll talk about the whole church thing <laughs> in a minute. This was gonna be a good springboard, but I was at church one time a long time ago. Um, and this lady was talking about how she worked in this right she worked in she worked like in a hospice or something and this um nurse that she worked with who was gay she would say, Oh, whenever I came around he just act extra gay just to get on my nerves. And I looked at her like, okay, first of all, because you're really worth all that, that he's going to act extra gay. Um, and then, you know, you're in a freaking hospice. Why are you concerned with how he's acting regular gay or extra gay? Um, but it made me think about how people, that's what people people tend to, uh, the black community and how afraid Especially black, and that was a woman, but especially black men. And Sean, you might want. I don't know if you want to address this. Um, mm-hmm. How scared they are to be associated with. Like they had. Like there was this article about, um, and I don't know if you guys have seen this, but Buster Rhymes was, and they made, kind of made a. He was like in Miami, and they went to some place in Miami, some club or something that was a gay club in Miami. And they just told him, this is a gay club. That's all the information that he had. So when he was in the club, there wasn't nobody really paying any attention to him or thinking, oh, that's Buster Rogers or anything. But when they went to, when somebody, like, came up behind him and, like, tapped him on the shoulder and was, like, you know, wanted to just say hi. But automatically he, like, went crazy and blew up and was, like, don't touch me, don't touch me, don't touch me. Because he basically didn't know if he was straight or gay or who he was, but because he was in a gay club, he automatically just like, you know, get the fuck away from me because, um, you know, somebody touched him on the shoulder. What is it about black men? Why, what is the threat? why are they so threatened by, I mean, even being in the same, like, I don't want to, I just don't understand what the what is the fear or the threat like being associated or being in the same room or having a friend or somebody even remotely thinking that if you're associated with a gay person then you have to be gay. What is what is the fear there? I don't understand that. In my what is the fear? In my estimation, in my estimation. All right, when I was in high school, um, I was in eleventh grade and I was on the basketball team and. uh Back then, and if you notice now, if you watch sports, back then it was a common phenomenon for, you know, players to touch other player on the butt if they did something good, which is something that nobody does in any athletics anymore. It's completely gone. It's done. They don't do it anymore. You know, you do it all the time in football. They should do it all the time in basketball. But I remember one time there was a guy in particular that was on my basketball team who we were at practice, and he did something good, and another guy walked past and smacked him on his butt, and he went crazy. Don't ever, don't you ever touch my ass. Don't you ever, I mean, he went berserk. And everybody was like, you know, what did I think of? Years later, I come to find out that, you know, he, well, he's now in a homosexual relationship. He's gay. <laughs> yes. Ding, yes. ding, ding. Yes. Yes. In my estimation, right. anybody who has tender feelings about being around someone gay or being okay. close to someone gay that, you know, that would make them feel 
you know, somebody might think I'm gay. I don't give a shit. Mm. <laughs> Personally, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Right. I, if you don't have any feeling to connect with within you that would set off those signals or those tender spots, then if there's nothing there, then there's no reason to get touchy or offensive when someone implies or thinks or suspects that you're gay. You know what I'm saying? I guess it's, it's more, mm-hmm. and I can only speak for myself, when you're comfortable enough to know what you are, you're comfortable enough to know what you are. And worrying about what somebody else thinks about that, you know, if you're not gay, then what the hell would you worry about somebody touching you on your back or you being closely aligned with somebody that they might think that you're something that you're not? Man, come on, man. Is it that fucking bad? You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 right. it's, it's, it's nothing yeah. that you can it's identify basically with. Basically, you're trying to throw off, yeah, it's trying to throw you off right. the third. Going shady, so going if shady. I if I if Going I try shady. if I act like I hate well I, I hate gay people I can't you know then it's basically well he can't be gay because he's gay people. Like I will use come out and say that I gay is a sin and you shouldn't be gay and they all turn out to be gay. Right. Mm-hmm. Or you have those feelings and you you hate those feelings. You have those feelings, right. but you don't want right. You have to throw them off because right. I don't want right. them. Well, you to hate be, the fact that you. I don't you want to be the next hate target. The fact that right. you have those feelings. Attracting gay men who are not comfortable with being gay. 
Okay. Right. Yeah, and and well, that hairstylist, like, get real. I mean, give me a fucking break. <laughs> <laughs> I always wondered if that was, you know, if that was part of the culture, if that was part of the idea. You know what I mean? Absolutely probably, not. Wow. Wow. Yeah, he's like my he he was my inside to the gay community. You know what I mean? I was and and looking at. If, if I if, if if I was a Martian and I came in and he was the first gay gay person that I ran into, I'd be like, wow, because he was probably the most promiscuous person I have ever come across, both heterosexual or gay. Right. Every time, every time I was in his presence, he was talking to somebody else about another mm-hmm. person he was with. I'm like, damn, is that what being gay is? You know what I'm saying? So my introduction and my my view into what you know, gayness was was through him. Mm-hmm. And and he he represents uh, he represents a perspective because coming out and and getting to understand what it means to be gay and have gay relationships is a part of it. But you, mm-hmm. if you have issues with it, which a lot of people do because it's a, it's a whole process. It's it is hard to be in in a minority. It is hard to be on the fringes of society, and a lot of people still have a lot of deep-seated issues that are buried mm-hmm. in that. Issues with with family who might have rejected them, issues with society and society's rejection of them, all kinds of things. And when you do not deal with those issues in a healthy way, you look for outlets uh, through which you can release some pain that is that is that is, is buried inside of, of of that life, and so for a lot of people they turn to promiscuity uh, because they don't feel worthy of love because they've been told you know you're you're less than you there's something wrong with you mm-hmm. they turn they turn to to fantasizing about people who aren't gay because okay I'm gay but I don't want to be that gay because they have they have this idea built up of what it means to be gay, and and that's what people don't understand. Mm. All gay is is a sexual orientation. Beyond that, you're just getting into what you perceive that to be. So for everybody who thinks that it's this lifestyle where, you know, it's it's rainbows and glitter and everything's (laughs) fabulous, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that mindset, uh, there are other people who... Just feel that it just mm-hmm. is what it is. You know, it's 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 like being whatever you are. If, if you're if you're Asian or if you're black or if you are an engineer, there are there are just things that go into what that life entails. And um, mm-hmm. people just need to be really careful of of defining something. Well, it's like I was talking about again. You know, applying general ideas to a very specific thing. And and also people, you know, we we have this need to belong. We have we have this need to to for acceptance. So once again, right. we oftentimes modify ourselves to to meet some type of norm in hopes of being accepted. So for a lot of people, they come out and then they think that it's, it, it, they have to become part of this 
idea or this lifestyle that they see around them, not knowing that the opposite of that exists and a hundred different versions of it exist. And then they make the mistake of thinking that what they've seen a lot of people around them do is what most people do. And that's another mistake. Right. What Mm-hmm. A lot of people do is not what most people do, and we've got to all stop holding one another to the same standard because we're all so different. And I think the right. more comfortable you get, the more comfortable you become with mm-hmm. who you are, you can see that, okay, I am me. I am this unique, specific composition. And beyond that, you know, I I don't really know. And that's what people need to, to understand mm-hmm. is, you don't really know. All you know is what you are going through. But if you're going to adopt a, a platform or a stance and speak for hundreds, thousands, millions of people without knowing every single experience of those hundreds, thousands, millions, then you have no business doing that because you don't know what you're talking about. So a lot of people, they talk about things, and they have no idea what they're talking about. And, and people need to start questioning definitive statements. People need to start questioning when people speak for many people, because most of the time, I like to believe that they have no idea what they're talking about. Right. Wow. Right. 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 Powerful. Powerful. Because right. you can only tell one experience, because you can only tell through one perception, and that, you know, what your perception is, but you can't. Exactly. But the only story you exactly. can tell is your own. And you and you can come together. Right. And you can yes, and you can come together and 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 share similar experiences, but don't make the mistake of thinking that your similar experiences are what everyone goes through. And, you, and don't make the mistake right. Don't don't make the mistake of speaking for more than what you know. Right. Yeah, I think that's important. That is so important. Right. So, what would you? So, like, I'm. You know, I have two. We have two little boys that we are raising, um, (laughs) and you know, we we just you know want make sure that they and and just for for parents all around. Because I know I I have someone in my family. There are some people who are completely comfortable with who they are and then some who are just destroying themselves because they're still in denial of who they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has a lot to do with how they grew up and what was accepted and what they internalized as if I, I, I'm not going to be accepted because maybe their parents have this ideal, you're going to grow up and you're going to get married and have kids. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well... What I'm feeling is going is completely different than that, and it's completely unnatural. And so, you know, then you hear comments here and there about, you know, what, you know, gay people are this or gay people are that, or I hate faggots, or and so you just go mm-hmm. more in and more in and become more withdrawn and more withdrawn and just completely grow up rejecting yourself. Um, what, you know, as you know. Advice would you give to parents to create an environment that will allow the children to feel safe being who they are no matter what, other than just, because, you know, and, and you never know how people are going to internalize things, and I know this is just a generalization too, but, you know, like I had a, a I have a friend who's 
um, I grew up with, and I remember when I was, he was probably eight years old, and we went to the movies, and we were waiting for the movie to start, and he's, he's in the, in the, um, you know, standing up in the aisle, and he's, you know, dancing, and, you know, being very effeminate, basically, and his mother says, sit down and quit acting like a sissy, and I looked at her like, and I said, don't say that to him. And and he's gay today. He's 20 years old. He's gay. And if she had a very difficult time with it because she brought out the Bible and was like, well, the Bible says, and I don't want him to go to hell, and I want to have grandkids, and I want to, you know, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. He's fine. He's smart. He's beautiful. He's talented. What the hell is the problem? What are you complaining about? He's fine. And, you know, he had some trouble growing up. He, he, he lived with, you know, he left home and lived with his grandmother for a while. His mother got remarried and felt very uncomfortable in the home because they were trying to make him be more masculine than he was. And just, you know, um, you know, just, you know, if I gave him any advice, you know, I've been a parent for five minutes. And my <laughs> so, um, no, but still, I, in, I see it from the other side, from the educational standpoint, and just seeing other kids grow up and how uncomfortable they are with being themselves. And a lot of times their parents have no idea who they are, and they act completely different when they're away from their parents. But just to have an environment where even if it's something you're not completely comfortable with, it's more of why do you feel uncomfortable with it, but your child needs to feel safe in being who they are in their home with their parents or or they're going to spend the rest of their life trying to undo or trying to be something that they're not mhm or they're going to have to they're going to have to hide um, either one of you um Sean do you have any advice on you know what you've noticed seen um in raising children Allowing parents to be, to allow parents allowing their kids to be who they are, gay, straight, athletic, not athletic, you know, whatever it is, allowing them to develop how they're going to develop. Even though you, everybody kind of has a dream of how they they want their children to be, and basically, it's I want them to be happy or successful. And a lot of people try to live vicariously through their kids and I want you to be famous, so I'm going to take you on auditions, or I want you to be a super athlete, so when you're, as soon as you're two, I'm going to put you in, you know, football classes, or, you know, whatever it is, you know, what, how do you create an environment where your child can be who they are? Well, I mean, first and foremost, first and foremost, you cannot give what you don't have. You can't give what Mm -hmm. you don't have. If you're not a confident, secure individual in who and what you are, whatever that is, you cannot pass that on to someone else. To be an effective parent that is able to allow an individual to be an individual, you first have to come to terms with what and who you are. You have to be satisfied with your own life. Moment you entertain any idea that there's a part of your life that was unfulfilled, you're going to pass that on. You know, it's your turn to pick up the man of what mm-hmm. I was. You know, it's your turn. You have an opportunity to be what I wasn't. You know, that's that's played out 
and, and, and gender roles and everything else. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're not able, again, you can't give what you don't have. If you're not able to be satisfied in and of yourself, you cannot pass that on to teach someone else to be satisfied in and of themselves. Period. And you don't have to teach that. It's just shown. You know, there's mm-hmm. not a practice or an exercise or a speech or a statement. It's in your life. It's in your life. And your kids, you know, they they learn more from what you don't say than what it is that you say. They see more than, you know, more than what's com- conveyed by the spoken words. So they see contentment. Mm-hmm. They see, you know, they hear in your voice the contentment. They hear in, the, in your voice the wisdom and the understanding that you're at peace with who you who and what you are. You know, the seed produces after its own kind. So whatever your kind is, that's pretty much what you're going to push on to your kids. You know, if you feel insufficient, if you feel that you haven't met a degree of, of success or satisfaction or if you feel that you're not <laughs> as complete as you could be, the chances of you passing that on or conveying that to your seed is greater than you conveying the converse um, way of being. You know, you just have to you have to be what you are. You can't mm-hmm. make somebody be something that you you're yourself not able to be. I answered that. And anything you want to add? Yeah, I think uh, when a child shows you who they are, you should watch. You know, when they when they tell you who they are, you should listen, rather than rather than live in the eye the, the non reality of what you think should be. Try looking at what is, because mm-hmm. what is is quite beautiful, and it's there to teach you a great many things. You know, I like to believe that kids teach parents as much as parents teach children. So. Let your child show you and teach you and and be open to learning and watching and listening. Mm-hmm. There you okay. go. That's the key. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Open, being open, open to learning, learning, watching, and listening. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, you know? yeah, I think what both of you said is key. Like, if you, if you have not, if you're not working on self, you're not if you are you know mentally physically spiritually hurting and not working on your own healing you are or you you see everything through that lens mm-hmm. so your kids are going to you know what the you know like you, the bible says you reap what you sow or your kids will basically that's what that means is if you don't heal yourself you're going you're passing that on your children are going to pay for that and they're going to pay for that because because they're going to have to carry that burden of you not um, working on your self healing because you're you're raising these children through these lenses of fear and hurt and pain. Um, so you see everything through that, that. and if it's and if everything that you're doing is out of I want to be accepted, then you're using your children to be. I need you to be a reflection of me because you're representing me, and so you need to be this so that I look good to these people. Um, and what you're really passing you on is you're, passing, you're, you're giving them the same need, the need to be accepted. You're giving them that. Yes. Yeah. 
Come on, them like the you're giving them the Absolutely. same. And, and, and that, that is the essential generational curse. That's what the generation, that's what a generational curse that's is. That's the generational curse. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You're you're passing them that need to be accepted. Once you mm-hmm. once you align yourself with that need, man, you're at the whims of any and everybody. Just under the guise. Any and everybody. Accepted. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Yeah. You will be anything just to be accepted. Just to be accepted. Yeah. And you have no, yeah. You have no identity is. of your own. Exactly. Nope. And you have no nope. identity. You have no identity because it's whatever somebody says it is because this is the only way I'm going to accept you. So I need you to do this. So you're, yep. you're changing now. You're taking off one mask and putting on another mask every time you are with a different a group of people. So you're a different person at work than you are at home than the people you hang out with on the weekend than your family that you go home to versus the family that you go see at Christmas. I mean, you have a different mask for every person and you have no idea who you are. That's what your children are watching, not what you yep. tell them. They're watching you change masks every time you are with yep. a different person. Yeah. Yep, and they're watching your fear. They're watching you watching so fearful mm-hmm. of ridicule, so fearful of ridicule that you align yourself with the popular phenomenon just to avoid mm-hmm. it. You yeah. align yourself with the going thing. You align, your, align yourself with the thing that's most accepted in fear of ridicule. Mm-hmm. Right. In fear of being ostracized, mm-hmm. you know. Right. So if you happen to be something that could bring them ridicule, they're going to do everything they can to make you feel ashamed of that, so that you stop it. They're going to shame you into stopping that if they can. Yep. Um, and if you happen to bring something that brings them attention, then they're going to live vicariously through you and make you be push you to be that as much as possible, whether you like it or not. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. They're your teachers. <laughs> yep. Yep. They will teach your ass. <laughs> they will be that bone yep. of contention. They will be that thorn in your shoe. They will teach your ass. <laughs> right. Right. So, um, yeah. So I think you know, just what, like you said, pay attention and, like Aaron said. See who they are and, you know, be observant and, and learn from them and allow them to, As and you're just being a, as the best teacher for them is just being the guide and showing them but allowing them to see it for themselves, not telling them what they're supposed to be. You know what, Parent, parenting isn't as difficult as we make it out to be. It's pretty much all you really have to do is keep the car between the lines for the most part, keep them out of harm's way as best as you can. But I mean, if you're really able, if you're really able to place ego in its proper perspective, you'll learn what it is. The child itself will teach you what it is that you need. you learn. You learn from each other. You know what I mean? It's more of it's not more of a dictatorship mm-hmm. or an authoritative posture more so than it is a symbiotic relationship where it's a reciprocity where you give and they give. You show and they show. And the both of you grow together. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and and the old school way of doing things from the authoritative standpoint, less so much to be desired because you missed out on what it was that you were supposed to get from that child to help you 
within that relationship. It's a relationship and not a dictatorship, you know? Yes, and I think that's a lot what we miss, and especially within, well, I would say especially in the black community because that's where my experience is. But, you know, kids are, you know, are not even human. They're, you know, historically have been property, and you shut up and you have no opinion, and you're not even supposed to be, you know, have human emotions like everybody does. So you get in trouble for doing very human things um, that, you know, everybody else is, is able to do. So for you, you know, we never, we punish our children for being human. So if they have a bad day or they're in a grumpy mood or they have a disrespectful tone or they have an attitude, they get punished for that. But who doesn't do that? So instead of trying to, you know, we don't gain, try to gain some understanding, or especially really young kids who are just trying to learn the language or what it's like to be a part of society or part of this group or part of this tribe. So I saw someone do that, so I'm going to try it out. And you can correct someone without punishing them and say, okay, this isn't why we do this or this isn't appropriate for this time. But, you know, we almost hold our kids to the standard where they're supposed to be, you know, higher standard of perfection than most adults are because they're not, um, you know, they're not allowed to have a bad day or be be disrespectful. Um, And, you know, a lot of times historically we use physical punishment in order to correct them which, again, is dehumanizing. Um, and we know it's dehumanizing because that's what was used to control us for so many years. Um, so we have a way, we have lots of ways of dehumanizing ourselves um, through physical punishment and shaming and, and separation and religion and... Um, you know, name-calling and everything that we do to, quote-unquote, keep someone in line, but it's, it's basically just kind of pile on more stuff that they're going to have to undo, but it's basically making people feel devalued when what's going to happen is they're going to send them back to not trying to regain that. Insecurity <laughs> insecurity. No, you again. You can't get what you don't have. And if you're operating from a posture of insecurity, the only thing that you can bequeath or bestow on anybody, especially someone under your quote unquote subjection, is more insecurity. You know, mm-hmm. like someone weaker than you. Oh, yeah. The hazing thing in fret in sorority. You know, you take you take on the ones that are coming in. So you repeat on some people want to. Hey, I can't wait. To get right. Trying to so fuck them up like I was fucked up. You know, you you just right. basically you, you you can't get what you don't have. Bottom line. Right. You can't be what you right. don't have. And you're going to just right. with whatever it is that you are. It always everything that we're talking about comes back to you. Mm-hmm. you know? Right. So yeah, and if you kind of go full circle and take it back. Yeah, take it back to the topic. It's again anybody who you think is quote-unquote, weaker than you, be, albeit numbers or whatever, um, you tend to <laughs> use your power to beat that person's group down in order to feel right. more powerful. And right. historically, that's black people and gay people or, you know, non-white people and gay people because those huh? those in power are not secure 
for whatever yeah, reason. Exactly. They, the position. How they got the power. Could be how they, how they received the power, how they got the power, if they know that they're not the most powerful, whatever it is. Um, Man, they know. So, therefore, in they order know. to... In order to, to keep Everybody. it, you have to beat everybody else down. And right now, that's oh, yeah. the biggest target, and which is why I'm going to go back to who is the most powerful based off of who is the biggest target. And right now, right. the biggest target is, you know, the gay marriage equality. I can't have that you have this because I can't have you realize you have power. If you gain this, then you're going to realize it's kind of like, you know, when you work really hard for something and you accomplish it and you're like, wow, if I could do that, I can do anything. It's kind of that. If I can accomplish this, I can accomplish anything, then that's, you know, yep. that the wall comes tumbling down. wall comes tumbling down. There's way too much power in the resistance of it for there not to be, you know, the the fear has to be more beyond what they're using, which is now. Uh, you know, the, the Bible doesn't support it and the, the religion. Um, it's way too much way too much energy towards preventing it for it just to be that. Right. 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 Of course it is. Of course it is. Mm-hmm. So, right. You can know how well so you can stay where you are. Right. Exactly. Because um, things are, well, things are going to, yeah. Things are changing, and some people don't want to see that change coming because it means, you know, they have you have to redefine yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, things have to change. Things have to change. I think we've exhausted this this current paradigm. It can't go any higher. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It can't go. It's over. It can't go anywhere. The, mm-hmm. the change, and also, I, I also think, just in terms of the gay rights and all of that, it's a done deal already. Mm-hmm. I think what is mm-hmm. it's already a done deal, but there is a certain massaging that they feel that they have to do within the collection site. You know what I'm saying? It's like when you take a fish and you got to take him out of the water, you have to get him acclimated to the little water. You can't just drop him in the water. You have to allow him an acclimation period to keep culture shock mm-hmm. away, you know, and 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 and, mm-hmm. and scaring the hell out of folks. The, the collective right. psyche is a really, really delicate instrument in that regard. Yeah, you can't just throw them in. And there are, even in the media, there are shows that show, and, I, yeah, they're getting getting people ready and warmed up with movies yes. and shows, and there are shows that show, yes. like on Scandal, which is the big, one of the biggest shows out there everybody watches. There's a, a gay couple that are very affectionate towards each other, and they love each other, and they're married, and... They're, you know, very cute couple who, you know, display how much they love each other. And, and under those circumstances, people see them as a couple, not look at this gay couple. or look at the, And then they have the one, the family show, where they have another gay couple, and they have two kids, and they have regular marital issues just like everybody else. I think you can see the shift where they're using the media to get the public more comfortable with the idea of these are your next-door neighbors. These are the people you work with. This is the eye doctor that you go to. This is your dentist. This is the grocery store clerk. It's just people. They're just, you know, they have families just like everybody else. But it's, you know, just a little bit different. And, yes, you are going to, if you have an issue having, like, um, you know, Somebody I know had an argument about, well, how am I going to explain this to your kids? 
your your argument is that you don't want to talk to your children <laughs> about an issue. <laughs> that is an issue in your family that you need to figure out. Not I don't want this inter- I don't want this out here because have- if I put this on TV and my kid asks why are those things missing, you have to explain that to your kid. You are afraid you have to talk to your kid. You don't have to explain that to your kid. It's just you know. People be affectionate just like anyone. If you don't have to explain a man and a woman kissing, why do you have to explain it? It's people kissing. Um, you know, as soon as you point it out or you feel like, I don't want to have to explain that to my children, you're automatically getting the impression of why Why is there an alert? Why is there something wrong? Why is this, you know, different? Um, so, and it's people who don't feel comfortable enough with the best. This, these are your children. You should want to talk to your kids. So... You know, that's a, that's a lot of stuff, too. People don't, if I don't see it, I don't have to act like, I don't have to deal with it. I don't have to tell my kids about it. But you, if you don't go, if you don't talk to your kids, they're going to get it from somewhere. But people are more comfortable with that. Because they don't want, a lot of people don't want to have real conversations with their kids or, or otherwise. Mm-hmm. And that has to be do with their own their own comfort level. But I think the media is definitely if you see what's going on with you know oh, yeah. with commercials and, and ads and T V shows, they are definitely getting it's it's in that that's indication of it's you know, things are changing and we're ready. We're ready. Yep. We're ready. You're know, you ready because it's about to happen. And they can't, yep. they can't keep putting it off, and they can't keep preventing it. So once it becomes a, a part of normal society, it's happening. So it's just, a, it's just a technicality at this point. You know what the next indicator is going to be? The next what? indicator on, on the next indicator is going to be a war on religion. Hmm. Mm. It's going to be mm. more religion. Yeah, that's the next indicator. It's going to start being the subtle inference that if you're still thinking like this, then your time is past. There is a war on, on religion brewing, and starting with Islam, and it's going to spill over into. And I'm going to tell you how they're going to do it. Mark my words. It's going to be some domestic terrorism shit in the name of God that's going to send everybody in an uproar. And it's going to start channeling all of these um, power military, clan type, religious type phenomena, you know, militia groups and shit. That are going to, they're going to take their guns anyway. They're going to tie all of that together. The guns, mm-hmm. religion, and all of that antiquated thinking, they're tying all of that shit together. And they're going to target that. That's the new, that's the next war. That's the next war as they desensitize people into, you know, same-gender relationships, and that being, this is the new thought. Mm-hmm. With all of that old shit is dying, that's the first mm-hmm. one. And then the next front is we're getting rid of these religious cuckoos <laughs> who are hanging on <laughs> to that old shit. <laughs> well, how do you think now with... With you know one thing that you know like you know you hear a lot of and I grew and I'm not sure religiously what Aaron you said you grew up Catholic right yes okay so um you know just what do you think what is going to be how is it going to force um you know gay marriage and was everybody using the you know the one quote or the two quotes or whatever it is from the Bible that they used to 
um, justify not supporting gay marriage. Once gay marriage is, is passed, how do you think that's going? Is that going to force the church to update its philosophy, or how, how do you think? How do you see the church handling well, that? It, the church can only go uh, two ways: either they update and move with the times and survive, oh, or they cling to an old idea that's dead and die with it. Die with it. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's done. You people yep. people need to understand that yep. a, a book can say one thing, but if something else is happening in reality, then something is being lost in translation. There's there's something that right. is not adding up. So you either readjust to better reflect what is, or you cling to the idea of what should be and go into non-existence, because what should be is not what is, and if it is not, it doesn't exist. So, right. yeah, adjust or but in die. That in that instance, the, the, the religion that was created, the way it was created, they created a juggernaut. This is why mm-hmm. everything has to be taken really slow. Because mm-hmm. if you go back into what their interpretation of Sodom and Gomorrah was, it's the same thing. Sodom and Gomorrah were mm-hmm. praised beyond belief, so God destroyed it. So in this current time, in their estimation, in viewing exactly what we're talking about, they're basically saying, the times are changing. We're in Sodom and Gomorrah. Men are marrying men. Women are marrying women. God is going to destroy everything. And, you know, <laughs> it's not. we're not going to conform. We're going to stand here because God never changes. We're not going to conform to the world. So they think that they're on the right side of the issue. But the framers of the issue understand it for what it is. So we gradually have to talk these cuckoos off the ledge or push them off of it. If you're not going to change, we're going to either talk you. We're going to try to talk you back off the ledge first. Mm-hmm. But if you refuse to come off the ledge, we're going to push you off the ledge because this is moving forward. We're not staying with that. It worked for the time that it worked, but now it's, we're on to something different. That is over. That is done. Mm-hmm. So those who want to keep continue to hang on to that divisive way of thinking, like you said, they're going to die with it. Yeah. And it ain't going to be some dude come flying out of the clouds on a white horse and a lightning bolt in his hand. It's going to be them drones and shit. It's same with camp. <laughs> you know what I mean? And people talking yeah. about, you know, the good ship diesel coming back and be a bus taking your ass down to Georgia to one of them fucking female camps. And do like Hitler did to the Muslim your ass. Man, I'm telling you. They, mm-hmm. Man, why? Mark my words. Religion, I'm telling you, Jesus freaks are gonna be the new gay folk in about ten years. You you Jesus? You Jesus? Yep. That's gonna be the new black, that's gonna be the new gay, that's gonna be the new you for real? They're gonna be underground having churches in the basement. Oh, that's interesting. That's funny. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll just, I'll settle for uh, the great many secrets that are hidden beneath the floors of the Vatican being released. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes, of, I can't wait yeah. for that. That's what I thought the whole Pope yeah. thing was about, like, okay, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Maybe that wall no. is tumbling tumbling down. That wall is tumbling, that's, that, that's an interesting And they just had the Pope, the new Pope just said that, um, Good atheists can actually go to heaven, or he prefers good atheists over bad Christians. Or 
which people are <laughs> so, yeah. Mm-hmm. There we go. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. There now. we go. Yeah, it, 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 just, yeah. it just can't. They got to do it brick by brick because it's a hell of a wall that they created. It's mm-hmm. a hell of a wall. Right. It's a thousand-year wall that they've created. That's not going to just one day everybody wake up like on the waves when they came out of them suits and start dancing around and shit that the curse is broken. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. Right. It's a whole yeah. lot of folks yeah. trying to shit up. Right. And they got to bring it down slowly. Yeah. But it's coming down. Yeah. It's coming down. People will be saying, Can you? Right. Yeah. Can you? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. And. Oh, you should have put that song on there. We need to find that song. <laughs> <laughs> And, and and people are starting to see that they can yeah. you know un- unplug from the matrix yeah. so they can they can they can take the exit strategy. You're right. not mm-hmm. you're not bound mm-hmm. to anything. It's all just a question of what you think you're bound to. What what you think exactly. must be. And you know it's like we were talking about earlier this morning. It, it's 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 a form of willing mind control. It, it, it's, yeah, it is. It, right. it's, exactly. it's a willing place. You could just as mm-hmm. easily just stop doing what you're doing and then see what happens. You know? Right. Right. Someone yeah. tells you one thing and you believe it to be true, but then maybe question see if it actually is. See see what happens if you do the opposite of what someone told you to do. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. You you really right. gotta ask yourself who says, you know? Right. 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 And and people people right. also really need to look at like, once again who's talking and 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 see how their actions might speak louder than words because I I tell you what I was driving down a highway and I saw this huge billboard painted red and it said Jesus I love you and beneath it it had the name of the priest who I guess rented the billboard and his phone number. And I felt like calling him to ask him how many people could have been fed with that billboard rental fee, you know? Mm. You're, right. You've spent all right. this money to profess mm. your love to, to someone uh, who, who you believe to be your savior, and you could have used that money to help people who are in need, which right. would be much more in alignment with whomever you're worshiping. You know, it's just people really need to look at at what their so-called leaders are doing, and see if that really lines up with the whole message. Because if it doesn't, then then obviously there's once again something that's broken down, something that is getting yeah. lost in translation, something that's mm-hmm. missing. And and we, and we right. need to hold people accountable, and we need to right. demand more. You know, there there's no right. there there should be no cap to to where we can go. If 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 you get to a certain place and then someone tells you that's it, you can't go any further, then you've got to move on past them. Right. 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 Exactly. And I think that is what it is with a lot of people is they are, you know, reaching a point. It can only offer you so much. It's like, you know, choosing to stay in kindergarten. I've learned everything I can learn. I've, you know, you keep telling me the same thing over and over. I'm ready for the next step. I'm ready for what's next, and they can't offer you anything next because there is no next as long as you're there. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, some people, there are people who, you know, are comfortable with, I'm just going to stay here because it's 
it's comfortable and I stay contained and as long as I have somebody think for me, I don't have to be responsible for myself and there's comfort in that. But I think now there are more and more people who feel discomfort and feel like I have to break out and I need something new and they're on on the search to find more because there has to be more than this regurgitated information that you keep feeding me that is basically the same thing that you've been telling me for the last, you know, since I was six years old and now I'm 40 and you're telling me the same thing. Um, Mm -hmm. There are people who are extremely discontent with that. But there are people who, yeah, I think so. There are a lot of people who, you know, they're 85 and they've been in the church hearing the same stories, the same three stories that they tell. The whole book has lots and lots of stories that you never even read about or come across because it talks about, Size of God are probably not as favorable as others. Um, but they tell you the same, you know, three, four, five stories, and you hear the same story at Easter and Christmas and, you know, the other, a couple other times during the year um, that have specific stories, and you just you keep going back and you do that until, you're, until you die. Um, you know, 80 plus years sometimes, and they, I don't, and those are the people who really choose think- to. So what's, what's, really what is, think, you said, go ahead. I really think it's predetermined. It's predetermined. There are people who are predisposed to fear in that low vibration and don't know anything else. There's no contrast. They, uh, they, when you find comfort in that low fear-based vibration, you will never come out of it because there's no contrast to it. There are people that come here with an embedded contrast that feel it sooner, sometimes later, but they feel it. This isn't quite, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and those of us that are now having this conversation, if you think back, there was somewhere along the way where you said to yourself, this isn't quite it. This isn't mm-hmm. the answer. There's something else. You know, I mm-hmm. feel different. Not everybody, mm-hmm. Not everybody has that. Not everybody agreed to come here and wake up to that. Some people are perfectly content with living in fear, and they're mm-hmm. so comfortable with it that they don't know that there's a contrast to it. Mm-hmm. They have no idea. They are totally oblivious and impervious to the fact that there is a contrast to that low vibration. That's all that it is. And they'll live their entire life worshiping somebody that somebody told them to worship. Out of the Fear of staying out of hell, not because they have any proof, not because he came and sat on their bed and told them that this was what it was or any of that. Just out of fear mm-hmm. of pain and retribution, mm-hmm. you know. So that was, and, and they'll live their entire life and never question it. Won't have anything, any thoughts to the contrary. As a matter of fact, any thought that that may halfway creep into their mind, they'll cut it out with a knife if they had to. And anybody who mm-hmm. introduces right. the idea, they'll get you the hell away. They'll ridicule you out of it or shame you or try to shame you out of that type of thing. How dare you mm-hmm. think that you, you know, there is no, how dare you think that you're greater than God? How dare you think that, you know, there is no devil and that you're this and you're that? They'll, they'll kill you for that shit to say if they could. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Bible is mm-hmm. with stories. Mm-hmm. That very thing. I was, I was talking on mm-hmm. Facebook that was talking about 
Um, <laughs> the death total, this is God, like 15 million in the Bible. God, 15 million, the devil, 10. <laughs> Some shit like that. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but, you know, I'm going to myself with this over here. I'm not out of love. Mm-hmm. Not out of any right. other out of fear. Other than fear. I don't want to get punished. I don't want to go to hell. Right. I think there's more right. people who go to church trying to avoid hell than trying to find love. They all do. Isn't because the because the the, the the God that they teach you about is more of a God that punishes and he loves you, but he he's you know he wants to punish you. Um, so it's more of I still want to go to hell, so I'm going to believe you know this just in case. Um, so it's more people go out of fear instead of, you know, seeking love. Of course. Um, You're proofing that. I'm going like to. They can't, they can't substantiate it without the contract. You know what I'm saying? Right. I think I was, it, it, we were talking about that on Facebook one time, and I remember in church we learned more about the devil than we did about God. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He talked more about Satan and the, the enemy, as they call it, the enemy and all of his his tricks and all of that other stuff, then it just falls up. Right. Yeah, that's telling. It's fear. You know what I'm saying? Fear keeps people, it's more fear that keeps people in church than the love thing. But I think there are, and I do think there are some, I mean, there are, again, people who want want more, who are wanting more. Um, The the guy who, and I'm going to segue back into our topic with this, but who's the guy from the Oklahoma that um, he was, he had to start his own church because he was disowned because he told them that gay people aren't going to hell. He said they're not necessarily. He said gay people aren't going to hell for being gay. Yeah. What's his name? Yeah. So he, you know, everybody, he was tied to, um, you know, T.D. Jakes, and, you know, they all had this partnership, and they separated from him. As soon as he started saying that, they, they separated from him. And everybody in his church, he got he was removed from his church and lost everything. And you know now he started a, a church that's you know bigger and more expansive and more successful um, because he teaches not only are gay people not going to hell, but there is no hell. All right. And so now people who come to their ch- come to his church are there to um, you know get the the love that comes from the spirituality and the religion and not the hate. So he's got, you know, the church is bigger than the one he had before. So he was completely um, disowned by everybody who he was associated with and partnered with. And he was very successful um, before he made that announcement and and changed his philosophy. And, um, you know, now because there are more people... Yeah, there are more people that are looking for something more. Um, and now I'm going to kind of say, I'm going to try to take, we've got about 15 minutes left, but I do want to talk about, um, you know, something that is in the media, and this perhaps could be, you know, again, something else that is vying for our attention because it's trying to get us to create a another point of view, which is um, I want to talk about Jason Collins, the basketball player who, um, you know, is the NBA player that, that has come out, and you know he's. And I guess there are other players that have come out, but it was after they retired or they weren't active. But he's the only active, openly gay um, athlete. 
And, you know, especially he's black. But if you look at, um, if you're, you know, you're, you know, 18-year-old, you know, black gay boy struggling with a sexuality and you're looking for role models that have a lot of, um, you know, who's, who is, you know, big public figures and really the only ones that we, you know, we look at the, the public figures that we have right now that are primarily, you know, white people who are, you know, Ellen DeGeneres and Anderson Cooper and, mm-hmm. you know, there really aren't any open, and even the ones, the people we mentioned in the in the TV shows, the the Modern Family um, couple, they're white, and then the couple on Scandal, um, they're white. You don't ever really see a black face that is well known in a positive, um, in a positive character or a positive person who is openly gay. So a lot of young kids who are struggling to come out of, you know, struggling to to be, um, you know, open with their, who they are and their sexuality, you know, I don't have someone who looks like them. Um, what kind of impact do you think having Jason Collins come out and say, yes, I'm gay and I'm athletic and I'm strong and um, you know, he's been, you know, a successful athlete and he's, you know, not in any trouble and he's not, you know, um, you know, he's, he, if you look at people as quote unquote role models, he's, you know, hasn't been in prison, he's, he's not on drugs, he's, he's, you know, just a regular person who plays basketball who is black and therefore you, there is now a face for young black men to say, look, there is someone like me who is black and successful and it's okay to be black and to be gay, despite maybe what they have been growing up to, you know, um, you have to be masculine, you have to be straight, you have to, you know, man up, man up, man up. What impact do you think it'll have for him, him coming out? I don't how, think much, how important is it that a, a, a black man came out and he's an athlete? I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't think Jason Collins is going to make much of a ripple because Jason Collins, in terms of notoriety and success and fame and all of that, he he was a marginal athlete. He's a marginal athlete. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, it's, it's not noteworthy, but had he been someone of a little more stature, it would be a little more noteworthy than it is because okay, he was, it's almost like okay, he was a journeyman. He's a journeyman player anyway. What did he have to lose? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. By mm-hmm. coming out, he really doesn't have anything. And now, if someone of the caliber of Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, or uh, Dwayne Wade, you know, if he come out, Dwayne Wade right. needs to just right. come out, man, with them damn pants and shit he be wearing. If he come out, <laughs> you know, it, it carries a little bit more weight. You know, Jason mm-hmm. Collins. Yeah, I see what like, you're saying. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. Jason Collins, he plays basketball. You know, he's like. Other than this, nobody really knew who he was, in other no, words. No, no, no. So he really didn't put anything at stake. He didn't have an image to uphold. There was nothing that he had to place, put on the line by him coming out. 
I'm like, oh, okay. Okay, he, he plays basketball in his game. Okay, cool. You know, but if he was, mm-hmm. again, somebody of, of, if he was like the Charles Barkley type caliber or Shaquille O'Neal or somebody, you know, highly touted mm-hmm. and he came out, it would have a little bit more impact, a lot more impact. You know, I mean, everybody, there's a suspicion about NBA players anyway. As far as his homosexuality goes, so it's like, okay, yeah, we knew that, you know. Okay, what's next? But again, if it's, if if one of the big names come out, then that's something completely different. Mm, okay. Aaron, any thoughts? Sure. I I think it's a step in the right direction. I think it it, it cracks the door open just a little bit. Um, it's it's great in the sense that you now have an NBA player who is out and gay who challenges stereotypes. It's wonderful that people can now start to at least get an awareness of gay being something that is varied and diverse. Uh, But it's, it's a window of opportunity. It's a window of time. Eventually, the heat will completely pass, and then we'll just go back to as we are right now. So what I'm hoping is that another person will take inspiration from Jason mm-hmm. Collins and also say mm-hmm. that it's okay. We just right. need more. We need more and more people to say that there's nothing wrong with being right. gay. That's, that, that's what's most important. Right. With Jason right. Collins, it, it presents a nice, a nice little opening uh, for, right. for hopefully more people to pass through and say, hey, you know what, me too. Uh, what I'd right. really like to see is I'd like to see uh, – a well-known athlete and also a rapper come out because mm-hmm. it, it's mm-hmm. no great mm-hmm. secret that m- right. many, if not most, major rappers mm-hmm. are gay. So right. I'd like I'd like right. to see someone come out and say, "Hey, this is okay." And I'm kind of surprised it hasn't happened yet because coming out of the closet has only amplified the careers of anyone who's well known. I don't say well right? mm-hmm. I don't think anyone has suffered. The only person I can think of who suffered was Ellen DeGeneres because she was the first and she had essentially uh, three-ish years of her career being dead Mm -hmm. in the water and now her career is bigger than it's ever been. She's an icon and one of the most highly paid women in Hollywood and uh, Neil Patrick Harris came out and he went from Doogie Howser essentially to being a a very well-known, powerful actor in Hollywood. So I'm I'm surprised at this point that from just a career standpoint, someone has not come out yet. I don't understand. Yeah. And I, th- I think the bigger story with Jason Collins isn't the fact that he came out more so than the fact that he was accepted and all of the support that he got from everybody in the league. You know what yes. I mean? Yes, yes. That, that was the bigger story. The fact that everybody called him and supported him and said, you know, big of you to do that, we support you. You know, and take it back 10, 12 years, when, well, 20 years now, when Matt Johnson came out and made his, 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 his HIV-AIDS thing, you know, and, um, and, and the concern that was voiced by, you know, players like Carl Malone and people like that who didn't quite understand it but still voiced their concern. You know what I'm saying? I don't, even if they have a concern about whether or not someone is gay or not, it's not, it, it, the, the, the conditions are such now that, they don't feel safe expressing that versus, you know, there was a time when, when Jason Collins would have said that and the first person that would have, well, I'm not, you know, I'm not down for, for homosexuals. 
being on the team. That would have been the sentiment because that was accepted then. You know what I'm saying? The fact that it's becoming more acceptable is is, is evident in everyone else's support of Jason Collins at this time. You know what I'm saying? Everybody mm-hmm. saying, okay, cool, right. cool, cool. You know, we support you. Mm-hmm. So it, right. it depends. It's, all, it's a done deal. It's terms. Again, mm-hmm. you, you still have to you still have the massage the psyche of the cuckoos out there and the Jesus free. <laughs> Yeah, and I think again with the with the somebody in the chat room said, yeah, well, good luck with the the rappers coming out of the closet. And I think you know a lot of that is is because it's supposed to be this super uber masculine group of people. And I think with the when we talked about Buster Rhymes at the beginning of the show and his reaction to somebody tapping him on the shoulder that they are mm-hmm. so fearful of being tied to anything that they think could even, you know, link them to homosexuality or, you know, not being these, you know, uber-strong, uber-masculine, you know, super-heterosexual men for whatever reason, um, they completely reject. So even within the group, their own group or their own, even though the rest, I think the rest of the world would accept them, they wouldn't be accepted in their own community because of the amount of fear that exists. And I think that's why it, it takes so long. It's nobody is going to the the energy that that hip hop has evolved into is more of so much testosterone charged aggression that they would not support coming from someone who they don't look at as a super uber masculine person. So I think they're afraid it would kill their career because, you know, how are you talking about, even though um, being homosexual has nothing to do with, you know, you can be masculine or feminine, um, being gay or straight, they link that to you can't be a quote-unquote man you're not a man or a real man if you're gay. And so you're talking about these super testosterone-charged subjects and topics and lyrics, and they people are afraid it's, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm not going to be convinced if I'm hearing it from a gay man versus a straight man. And I think that's why they don't come out of the closet. Mm. It's kind of like everybody knows they're gay, but as long as it, – even if everybody knows that, and, and that was a time when that was happening during, you know, that Neil Patrick Harris, who you mentioned, who plays a womanizer, a straight man womanizer, right. and there was a time in our history with actors where they never would have had an openly gay man play a straight man because people would not, nobody's going to buy that. That's why Ron Hudson and all the rest mm-hmm. of them didn't come out of the closet because nobody's going to be convinced that, this gay man can play a straight man because all I see is a gay man. I think that's where we are. We are um, with the hip-hop music. We're about 40 years behind where the um, actors are with Neil Patrick Harris being able to play a womanizer on his show. And, you know, nobody's looking at it as, look at this gay man playing the straight man. They just see his character. Mm-hmm. But 40 years ago, he would never have been able to do that. So I think they're about 40 years behind the rest of the entertainment business. 
You know what else? You know, you know why I think is another reason why it's kind of slow in coming out in the entertainment business because to some degree it's still used largely as ritual. It's still mm-hmm. used largely as ritual within the boule, within the Masonic order, within all of those quote unquote secret societies and you know fraternities and all of those male clubs. It's still used largely in ritual. Mm-hmm. And it's used as a device of, um, how can I say it? It's used as a device of 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 buying your silence into this ritual. Uh, buying your silence into this ritual. This is what you do in order to attain membership into these higher orders. This is, you know, the Cosa Nostra and all those. They've always used that, going all the way back to Roman times. They've always used that confirmation, even when the king had, you know, the right of first refusal with the man and the woman. It's always been used in that capacity. And in the entertainment, it's, it's still prevalent in the entertainment world. You know, it's still prevalent in the entertainment world. So I don't think it's going to come out. And be demystified to that degree because it's still used as a control device. Well, that's very interesting because then it it just goes to show you what type of uh, spiritual power mm-hmm. is in these types mm-hmm. of relationships, and him. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. why they're pushed out of out of the societal norm. Exactly. 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 And it's heavily used in ritual. Heavily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Heavily. Heavily. That's the whole Catholic Church thing, you know what exactly. I mean? And, and combine, yeah. Oh yeah. And combine that with a healthy dose of fear, you've got some serious force yeah. there, some serious yeah. energy to, to work yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. Ding, 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 ding. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. So it, it, it's it's still going to be closeted, no pun intended, mm-hmm. you know, for, mm-hmm. for that specific reason. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but it's it's it, it very much a lot, very much a lot. Well, we've got about two minutes left, <laughs> so um, you know, let's look. Any last thoughts, um, Aaron? Any last thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. You know, whatever you are, it 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 is what it is. So don't take it so seriously. Enjoy it. Uh, Celebrate it, but don't take it so seriously. Whether that's religion or sexual orientation or your whatever, it's 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 just part of who you are. So lighten up. Good, Sean. Any last thoughts? Anytime you limit, anytime you name yourself or define yourself by name, you limit yourself. Black, white, straight, gay, whatever. Anytime you allow yourself to be named or you name yourself, you limit yourself. I'm nothing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anytime you identify with those names or those labels, that, yeah, you're tying you're yourself limiting. to that or you're limiting yourself. So, you know, right. it's, again, like we talked about at the beginning of the show, if you, you given per, you're asking permission to be who you are. Um, when you have that label and you give yourself a label and then you say, um, accept this label, right. then, um, you know, you're limiting yourself, you're tying yourself to that. 
And you're saying, you know, this is when, you know, that's not who you are any more than, you know, somebody saying, you know, you're you're a turtle or a frog or whatever. It's all the same thing. Right. Yeah. Right. You're 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 canceling out everything else that you can. When you align, if you if you take one side, you're going against opposition of everything else that isn't on that side or isn't mm-hmm. that thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Anytime right. you take a stance, you're basically mm-hmm. placing yourself in opposition to everything else. Mm-hmm. Right. Possibly be. Right. Oh, everything else you can possibly be. So right. I am I am an unlimited being. <laughs> I am an unlimited being who, you know, and all I am is what I am at this moment right now, and that's all any of us are. So anything that you guys do. Leave the the uh, definitions to everybody else. They need definitions to define you. Definitions are, right. And next time somebody asks you, who are you and what do you do, say, I am an unlimited being, and that's, you know, and that's as accurate as you can get because everything else is just a label. We've got about mm-hmm. 10 seconds left, so if you're listening live, then we can close it out in the after hour. Thank you for listening. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time. Okay, we're right. in the after hours now. So we can, we can kind of close this out, yeah. but that's just for everybody who was listening live. Um, so, yeah, I think we tend to want to, ca- again, we want to categorize, as human, humans want to put you in a box, or um, they want to categorize you so they can figure out how to, sum you up so they can figure out if you're worth talking to or not worth talking to or they can compare mm-hmm. themselves to you or whatever reason people have to put themselves in a category. Um, they want to put you in a category so they'll know what they can think about you. Um, mm-hmm. I say we stop putting ourselves in categories. We're, nobody's gay, oh, nobody's yes. straight, nobody's black, nobody's white, nobody, it is what it you is. know, I'm going to, right, we, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. It is what it is and as long as you keep putting labels on yourself, you just, again, like um, in our conversation earlier today, if you, everybody that has an influence on you or every label, you, if we had to wear every label, we'd look like, you know, a NASCAR car right. or we'd have I love that. all these stickers <laughs> that represent us um, for every label that you, every label that you identify with and every, every, outside thing that influences you. We'd be so right. covered with stickers you wouldn't even be able to see see any part of yourself. Right. You'd be too covered with stickers. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So that, that's actually a good exercise, which I might have to try that. All the different things I label I'm gonna walk around one day. That's gonna be that that might have to be my um my artist performance. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to walk around and put, I'm going to get, get some sticky notes or something and make stickers of all the labels that I label myself with and all the things that label my, that I identify with and the things that influence me throughout the day. So if it's, if it's movies, if it's TV shows, if it's other people, if it's, you know, whatever it is, I'm going to wear those stickers all day. Mm-hmm. 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 And, you know, I, I think I'm going to have to really hold the idea that, you know, when you align yourself and define yourself, don't think of mm-hmm. you solidifying what you are more so than you're no. neglecting. It's, it's just how, know, how much, and it, it's a good exercise in showing how you're separating yourself from right. what you are. Not who you are, but right. you know, who is a label right. you, but what you are, because right. um, look at all this stuff. For every label that you have or every sticker that you have, it is 
one thing that you're using to separate yourself from yourself. That's sin. That's what sin mm-hmm. is. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's the definition of sin right there. If you separate it from yeah. yourself. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean what I'm saying is to take a stand and hold strong and hold holding strong onto a specific idea in terms of a definition. You know, I'm this. I'm this. Mm-hmm. And, and and rather than right. trying to hold on and defend that one position, look at it for what it really is, and that's basically neglecting all of the other possibilities that you're neglecting because you're saying, I'm this. You know, you're taking mm-hmm. infinite potential and infinite energy and confining mm-hmm. it into one single solitary uh, uh, uh Definition. You can't define. You how can you define these? Mm-hmm. Just, but undefinable. Yeah. You know what exactly. I mean. That's yeah. how you need to look mm-hmm. at shit. You can't define right. the undefinable. Yeah. And to try and limit yourself to a definition is doing yourself a disservice. That's it. That's it. Right. And, yeah. and science, science is proving that. You know, the the new atomic model says that electrons exist in this infinite field of possibility, and then they form mm-hmm. themselves in accordance to what you focus on. So, Right, exactly. Whatever, exactly. you know, your life is what, what you're focusing on, what you're seeing. You you are making it that way. It's, it doesn't have to be that way. It's what you have chosen. Really, right. really be clear. Exactly. Really be clear on what the choices are that you're making. Really, yeah. and, really be clear about what you're thinking about, what you're focusing on. What's yeah. filling your inner, what, what you're giving your energy to, mm-hmm. how you're giving your energy away. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have no idea that they're 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 being a battery for somebody else, basically, and somebody right. else's energy or something else. Um, right. Instead of using that for your for yourself, you're just a big battery for something or somebody else. Something else. Um, right. You're giving away your mm-hmm. most precious commodity. You're giving away yep. your energy. You're giving away freely. You're freely giving away mm-hmm. your energy. Right. Mm-hmm. Please take my energy. Most people yeah. walk around saying, please yeah. take my energy. Yeah. In the form of and acceptance again, or feeling yeah. valuable or whatever. Yep. Yep. Which is, yep. Being, which is grossly undervalued. You give away all of your energy in essence for acceptance. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. like, you know, not exactly equal. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about right. violence, but you give right. away your essence. For acceptance, you're really selling yourself that. You're talking about a hoe. And then you got to learn to call a chick on the corner a hoe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. You right. know what I'm saying? She's in control. She's doing what she wants to do. She's right. making out and you a hoe. You're giving right. something way more valuable away for far less mm-hmm. than what she gives right. away. Mm-hmm. Right. She's giving away her flesh. What the fuck is that? And you wonder why, you know, your life is full of drama or you're miserable or you're sick or you're right. tired or you're this and that. Right. Right. Exactly. And nobody, they don't, right. those same people aren't willing to look at themselves long enough to, to because they don't want to be responsible. They don't want to, they don't want to say or admit, I would never do, I, people I've had to talk to and say, well, you know, why, did, why are you doing that? Why are you, why do you think you're sick? What is it that you are, you know, holding in or focusing on or not dealing with? I would never do this to myself. I would never do this to myself. I didn't do this. I would never choose this. Well, yeah, you did. But, if, you know, people aren't accepting of that, so you can't really really talk to people about stuff they're not ready to hear. 
But, um, yeah, a lot of people don't want to be, they would rather be the victim because they don't want to be responsible for themselves. So it's easier to blame someone else and be sick than to be responsible and to heal. So... Think of of all of the things that we keep alive by our observation, all of the things or stories that we keep perpetuating and keep alive and Mm -hmm. keep feeding energy to by our acceptance, acknowledgement, or observation. Like we were talking about earlier Mm -hmm. on on when we got off into that Jesus thing, Mm -hmm. you know, the fact that that is still, that's a story that that was given to you that was planted mm-hmm. into your psyche. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we're still keeping that story propped up, we're still giving it energy, mm-hmm. we're still giving it life, we're still giving it attention, mm-hmm. it still lives. Right. Mm-hmm. It and still and lives. what I was trying to get, yeah, and and that was my point in when, it was, when we were talking, and anybody who's listening, this is all on our Facebook page, the, the Blue Click, if you want to join some of our conversations. But, yeah, that's what I was getting to is you know when some when a bi- there are a billion Catholics in the world and all these people are praying to this picture of this person who is supposed to be supposedly Jesus and they have this physical feature picture idol icon that they're praying to that is not Jesus and couldn't be Jesus under any form historically or otherwise who is getting all that energy? That was that was my question originally. Who is getting all that energy? Mm-hmm. Somebody is getting the all that who, energy. Who created it? The people the who people created who it. have all the secrets right. underneath the floor in the basement. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. The people yeah. at the top exactly. of the pyramid. Yep. Yep, exactly. Yep. So, yep. you know, it's instead of using that energy for it. yourself and like these billion people plus are trained to this picture and giving all that energy. When you could keep that energy, that's your energy. So people yep. are too afraid to do that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Okay, although we, we always do this. We always get just warmed up and get into something really good and juicy, but <laughs> because of the, in the essence of time, I'm going to ask this too. We already had our closing remarks and kept going, so I'm going to kind of ask everybody to close. And until next time, say your goodbyes. I'm about to turn on the music. I'm about to turn on. You make me feel again. So, everybody, I'm going to let it play all the way through so everybody can get their group on. I know it's Friday. It's spring, and hopefully everybody's having a good weekend. So, goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, please send it to blueclick at gmail.com. We're always open to questions, suggestions, comments. Um, If you have anything interesting that you want to say or talk about, let us know. Or, you know, look us up on Facebook at the, the Blue Click. Um, on Facebook, we would love to to have you be a part of our our click. Um, so thank you for listening and goodbye, everybody. Bye. I just want to say your goodbyes and then switch it off. Bye, bye everyone. Bye, bye, bye everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.